Good morning. How you doing? Uh, I'm pretty tired, actually. Yeah, uh, I I'm think, pretty tired, too. <laughs> I think the longer I have a child, the longer I'm tired for is basically <laughs> the ratio. <laughs> uh, just a bad night or a bad couple nights? Uh, It's actually been getting better, but it's just, you know, chronic sleep deprivation that just wears down on you. Yeah. Well, what uh, uh it's it's 10 a.m. for you? Yep. Yeah. So I've been up I've been up since around 6. Oh, okay. Uh after going to bed at a, a little bit after midnight. So, you know, just, you know, less than 8 hours sleep for 2 hour or for 2 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you at least at least that's been uh punctuated with a few periods of uh Yeah, yeah, I've gotten yeah. a few moments of rest. Uh, yeah. and 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 so uh, I've tried to stop doing co-sleeping in the past week. So he's actually gotten really good at night where uh, I can lay him down for bed. Uh, I told you how we had that little L-shaped corner and I could just go play mm. video game or whatever. So he's he's now comfortable with the fact that he tells me to go sit around the corner and I do. And then he basically just tries to go to sleep immediately. So I can just get out of the room within like two minutes. Nice. Um, so... Now that he's started doing that, where he's like just kind of going to sleep fairly quickly, um, I've just stopped going in later on at night. So mm. he he's made it mostly through the night for the past three nights. Now now he we put him to bed at around seven thirty seven forty five at night, yeah. and then he comes in anywhere between five and six thirty to wake us up in the morning. <laughs> so uh, you have him in like a toddler bed, I guess. Uh, in like a Japanese futon on the floor. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, we, we never have to worry about him like rolling out of the yeah. bed or anything. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, yeah, we've regressed somewhat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a sweet deal going, but, uh, I don't know. She, our, she likes to, uh, wake up and then just like. I don't know. She'll like roll over on top of me and start screaming at me to pick her up and carry her around. <laughs> and it's the most like, I don't know, jarring way to wake up. <laughs> like like before she's kind of wake up and start talking to you or poking you or whatever. But I don't know what it is lately. It's like, I don't know, phase or like, I, I think she's, she's been kind of sick. So she wakes up with like, uh, kind of like a snotty throat. So she wants yeah. to be, I think she wants to be vertical, but then she's also right. super tired. So if I pick yeah. her up and just stand there with her, that, that, uh, uh, satisfies that. It's not too fun. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause like uh, we've, we've been co-sleeping him with him for so long that now that that's just suddenly stopped, he, he he got a little bit confused. So like the first day he woke up, he came in and it's like, he wasn't sure about waking us up. So he just kind of like stood at the head of the bed next to Andrea for <laughs> a, like quietly and just like stared at her. Cause I don't know. I, <laughs> he's just like trying to figure out what's going on. And Andrea's like baby in radar went off and she woke up as soon as he entered the room but she just continued to pretend to be asleep so nice <laughs> i was gonna say are you guys also confused like there's no kid here what do we do <laughs> no uh i've i've been 
running on empty for so long that basically as soon as I lay down, I can go to sleep now. So, (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, uh, having a kid has kind of done that for me too. I used to be very uh a very poor sleeper uh, yeah. now i'm a poor sleeper on the other end uh, like i wake <laughs> up in the morning and it's like i i don't know i, I can't get back to sleep yeah which uh I, traditionally it's I, the other way I, I can't get to sleep at night and then it doesn't matter if, if i wake up in the morning i can go back to sleep really well so yeah, yeah nice uh so getting off of the baby topics have you uh have you gotten a chance to play anything recently it's been a little while since we last chatted yes actually i uh i finally finished gargoyle's quest Oh, nice. Yes. So uh, I recently had a little, uh, as you, I think, know. Um, birthday uh, party. A birthday party. No. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little trip, um, business-related trip. Uh, so I brought uh, my Game Boy Pocket and my uh, DS and finished Gargoyle's Quest, finally, after like a year. Uh, great game. Really, well, considering it's a fairly early original Game Boy game um, for, for the era. It was a lot of fun, I thought. Uh, and then uh, finished that and started, I don't know if you're aware of the game Hotel Dusk? Mm, doesn't ring a bell, actually. So it's a... F- hmm, it came out within the first year or so of uh, the Nintendo DS release. Um, and what that means is that, of course, it's like <laughs> full of like gimmicks that make use of like the nintendo ds uh and its weird little features like closing the system at certain times and blowing on things and like you know the touch screen um but it's it's okay it's kind of a fun game i mean it's one that's been on my list forever uh it's one of those kind of like uh mystery adventure games i tend to like those uh i guess slightly kind of slightly similar to deja vu to use okay. a really old example. Yeah, um, yeah. But then there's like a touch screen and you're like, but there's a lot of weird tasks they have you do. Like you, you'll have like, you'll find a key somewhere. So you have to pick it up and then you'll have to use the key on a door. So you'll like, like literally drag the key into the doorknob. Like there's like kind of mundane tasks they make you do, but it's like, right. I don't know, they're showing off the awesome uh, DS technology or something. But um, it, it's interesting because uh, it's meant to be really like, I don't know, like film noir, old style 1930s comic booky or something so like all the characters are in this they're, they're all drawn in this like sketchy like pen style in black and white um so I, yeah, I don't know, i'm looking at some of the artwork right now it seems kind of neat yeah it was neat it was neat it was cool when it came out uh or i thought of it at the time anyway so uh i'm just finally getting to it um but uh the whole game apparently i've looked it up there's 10 chapters it's about 15 hours i put about eight hours in and i just got to chapter five so uh, maybe I'm slow, but uh, just to have put that much time into a game is kind of an accomplishment Epic. these days for me. So <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that, that's me. How about you? Nice. Uh, I I don't remember where we left off last time. Uh, you were talking about playing Persona. Yeah, yeah. So so I beat Four. Valkyria Chronicles a long time ago. Um, yes. And then, yeah, I've been playing Persona 4, which is... Uh, I like the game a lot in some ways, but I, I really think that the the one-hit-kill method of, of game over can definitely suck sometimes. Uh, Hotel uh, Dust has kind of that in it too where like it's just like deja vu you know you turn the wrong corner and you die 
kind of foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I actually I remember liking those games on the Nintendo. There was Shadowgate, there was Deja Vu and yep. Uninvited. Yeah. Uh and I I re- I remember liking those and I I don't know if it's just because those styles of games were too difficult or 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 what. I'm I'm surprised it's a genre that's not more prominent on like tablets and stuff. As am I. I've, I've for a while felt like it's kind of a uh, underutilized system because they are interesting. I think I don't know if you've played the original original Deja Vu like on, on no, like just the Mac. Nintendo ones. Yeah, so Nintendo uh, that era, you had this tendency. You, we saw a lot of games like, say, SimCity or whatever, like these computer games that were originally this, these very silent, like desktop games, get adapted to Nintendo and get these like awesome soundtracks and arguably really cool like kind of eight bit, I don't know, aesthetic applied to them. And I, I always liked, I always preferred the Nintendo versions. So like, if you've played Deja Vu on uh, Macintosh, yeah, it's cool, but it's it's definitely not as memorable as the Nintendo one with like the really cool soundtrack and, and, or shadow gauge. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know, maybe going back, if you, maybe, maybe it's the silence and it's kind of a buzz kill for the genre or something. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because the, um, so Shadowgate's actually been in my head fairly recently because there's, uh, there's the music when you die in that, that's like, uh, I, I can't remember it well enough to just hum it off the top of my head right now, but it's very similar to some music that's in Persona 4. Okay. So, like, every time you go into... There's a place called the Velvet Room where you, like, build your personas and stuff, and the music's like... And it's, like, it's like so similar to the Shadowgate death music that I was like, man, I should play Shadowgate again. Nice, nice. I was, like, the very first... Uh, like when you're standing outside the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the story was behind that. Do you, do you just like... Spun, uh, wasn't there like a wizard that like teleports you there or something and then you just have to figure out how to open the door? Uh, I don't remember. I feel like you showed up on your own uh, accord to do something. Or or you like had amnesia or something. Was that... Deja Vu was amnesia. Shadowgate was like a wizard, and for some and then reasons, uninvited was like you had a car accident. Yeah, so uninvited is the one I haven't actually played through. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I I didn't beat that one. Okay. Um, I remember beating both Shadowgate and Deja Vu, but I I don't. Maybe it was just because there weren't any strategy guides or anything that I wasn't <laughs> able to get through uninvited at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because oh. those games were kind of brutal. Because it's like you know you have to pixel hunt a little bit to to find items sometimes, and then yeah, figuring and out the abstract way to combine <laughs> items together. And Deja Vu was kind of worse for the whole like, oh, you took a wrong turn, you're dead. Yeah, like silly, uh, prescripted deaths or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, it's like you're not supposed to get to the police station and unless you come from like the right side of the screen or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think there was a manhole beside the police station. And if you, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. And the police <laughs> station was funny too. Yeah. I kind of remember you had to like collect evidence to prove, uh, a crime. And if you went to the police station too early without enough evidence, they just arrest you instead. Yeah. And so like, 
it's of course one of those things where like if i remember correctly you don't know if you have enough evidence so you you have some new item so you walk up to the police station like save it or whatever yeah you, was you save or was it passwords i don't even remember that i think you saved i'm pretty sure you could save it yeah and then you try the police station nope they arrested me okay wander around for more evidence yeah. back. okay try the police station nope not good enough yeah 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 i and, i uh, and- i definitely preferred shadowgate i like deja vu but I I felt like Deja Vu I was able to solve entirely on my own. And Shadowgate, I think we were like super, super close. But there's like a staff and a blade that you're supposed to combine together to beat the boss of the game. And that just never occurred to me to combine the two items together. Yeah, I remember getting kind of stuck at the end. I don't know if it was that, but there's like, what is it? There's like, to get to the room that has the boss in it, there's like some thing and you have to have three items and fill put them in the different holes yeah. on the wall or something i don't really remember yeah. but it was like one thing i was missing and i just had to walk back and forth through the whole game to find everything and shadowgate of course if you if your torches ran out you died right yeah <laughs> so a lot of like saving and reloading and making sure you had the torches or whatever yeah yeah it was like a was beat the clock to solve the puzzles that are like abstract <laughs> yeah. actually you know what it was i i remember exactly what the puzzle was that i i never solved on my own Hmm. uh and that was uh there's the room with the sphinx on it in it uh and on the staircase is a picture of like a switch combination and then there's like a room elsewhere where it's like a chain going into like a bottomless pit or whatever and there's some switches and i never noticed the little picture of the switches on the Sphinx room, but that's like the combination for the other room. I kind of remember that. I think the Sphinx, doesn't the Sphinx like block your way? So there's like kind of two puzzles in one, like you have to somehow get him to let you go. Yeah. In in a lot of those, uh, uh, in a lot of those later sections, there was multiple puzzles per room. So, yeah. And then that's, that made it really easy to miss stuff because you'd, you'd come to a room and be like, well, I'm not missing anything here because I've already done what I need to do. Obviously, there's this here, and and it's not like a room yeah. that you know you never really understood. So there must be something left to do. Yeah, yeah. that was tricky. That was tricky. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 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 interesting because a game like that, there's there's no replay value in it. Uh, <laughs> like once you've figured out all those puzzles, there's just no real point to ever picking that up a second time, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's well, there's a game. There's a game that's just come out recently. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play it, but it's called Near Automata. Okay. Are you aware of it? No, no. Oh well, it's uh, it's a game that is getting very good reviews. I think it was published by SquareSoft, but it's it's kind of like Chrono Trigger in that there's multiple endings. I'm looking at uh, it now. Okay. And I I guess it's getting a lot of praise on Twitter and stuff because it's like every time you get a new ending, it like adds a new layer of depth into the game so Mm. i don't know like even the indie community which is traditionally like aghast at the idea of playing a triple a game seems to be loving it so (laughs) apparently it's a sequel to uh near which is a spin-off of the drakengard series yeah yeah uh (laughs) i'm uh this stuff looks cool but Hmm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't played any of the series at all, but yeah, uh, I don't I'll know. Add it it's, to my list. it's it's getting enough hype that 
it's on my to buy list eye. when it comes down in price. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna say back to these uh, like um, uninvited and uh, and deja vu and so forth. Uh, these games were all uh, the same company too, huh? Infocom yep. or whatever. Uh, yep. It's just like no one ever really took the challenge upon themselves to kind of make make competing type of titles or something. I don't know, or maybe they did and it just never flew, or I'm just unaware of it or something. Mm. I mean, uh, especially in Japan, you have that. It's a fairly popular um, genre that they call visual novels or whatever, right? This kind of like yeah, adventure yeah. game, but they're very like the Japanese style is very. I don't know. It's d- different kind of right. Like I, I, I liked Deja Vu's puzzles and like finding items and stuff. I mean, it could be frustrating, but I find that the Japanese uh, version of these, this, the Japanese take on this tends to be very, tends to not always, but tends to be very like, um, I don't know, straightforward or something. It's, it's just very yeah. I mean, they, experience. yeah. The, the only one I can, rem- I remember trying one at one point, uh, and it seemed like it was effectively a novel like yeah literally you, like it's just like here you go Here's like that's why it's clicking. called a visual novel it's like it, you the only progression was just clicking to make sure that the text went yeah. to the next line of dialogue very common very common actually back to hotel dusk that's it's not that bad it really isn't but it's a little well maybe a lot more guided than i would have liked it's kind of got that legacy i guess mm. yeah so uh so you know we have i don't believe mentioned the switch a single time in our podcast i don't remember i maybe not maybe not <laughs> i i don't think we've discussed it a Candidly, single time. uh we've discussed it multiple times outside the podcast but. yeah uh and so i'm curious um why has this not come up and <laughs> and uh what does that say about uh your desires to buy one <laughs> um let's see uh honestly um kind of just the way my life is right now with you know uh job related changes and so forth just kind of making me busy so i've been i've been off off the whole like uh make big purchases uh train but um outside of that i would love to get one um i'm just less willing to make sacrifices to do so than i had been and by that i mean like for example when we came out it was like oh let's just go to walmart uh at like 12 and line up no problem now uh, obviously with uh uh babies and stuff a little bit harder to do things like that and it's been required at least around where i live um uh to do that, um, actually, interestingly, uh, last night I got an email from Toys R Us saying the Switch is back in stock starting tomorrow. So I called a few Toys R Us stores to see how many they would have because last time we became aware that Toys R Us would have them, we were told they'd have ten specifically. I think yeah. did I tell you this? And um, Key actually went and tried to pick one up for me, and she went at like I don't know six. They opened at nine, I think. <laughs> um, and there was, of course, ten people with like backpacks and 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 uh, sleeping bags and stuff like lined out, and it's just like, oh. so uh, it's just I don't know. Maybe I'm at that age where I'm not willing to make those sacrifices. <laughs> but once it does become more widely available, um, I yeah, would love to grab one. So that's uh, that's part of it for me. Is that I think we kind of went through this w- during the uh, the 
Nintendo mini fiasco mm, yeah, yeah, last yeah. year, right? It's like yeah. we already got our hopes up with this new console and like seeing the incredible shortage of it. It's just like, whatever. <laughs> I, uh, I can I can wait. I've got enough other things to do right now. Yep, that's it. Uh, that said, um, obviously Zelda's the big ticket title. I've been kind of... Uh, yeah. Uh, you have a Wii U, don't you? Yeah, I, I could, of course, just buy the Zelda game. Um I I don't know. <laughs> it would uh I, I uh am interested enough in the Switch that it might be kind of just fun to have that Zelda, right? I mean, it'd yeah. be the same one that everyone else is playing, so if there was weird potential glitches, I'd see the same things or if there are differences, um, you know, I, I just kind of want to have the latest if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um interesting. Yeah, I I uh I moved a couple Zelda games up on my list just to uh i guess catch up so to speak i mean i wouldn't if i got the switch i'd just hop into that zelda but uh i don't know if you've played spirit tracks i did and i honestly can't remember anything about it <laughs> i i've also i i bought it when it came out and just kind of play tested it really quick and uh didn't have a great initial impression but um uh, whatever, right? I, I I decided I'm probably gonna go back to it, so I moved that up. Um, I was actually intending to start that right after uh, uh, Hotel Dusk. The only reason I put Hotel Dusk ahead of it is because it seemed like a short enough game that I could finish it quickly. So, and I'm about halfway through it, so um, it's actually next on the list. I'm still uh, trying to beat FTL. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing with FTL, I think I said this last time, is it's not. Again, maybe I just suck at it, but like. I can get to the boss pretty consistently. I just keep dying. The boss is the boss is pretty hard. Like you have to have properly, yeah, geared up in order to beat it for that boss battle. Right? Yeah. So there's which I kind of think sucks. Like you you could pick a different a certain ship that has a certain strategy to it to get through things. So like if you pick the ship that's good at cloaking, you yeah. can you can like customize your weapons and stuff and just kind of be clever about it and and basically cloak all the time with the right timing and make it through the game and it's kind of like hey that was fun it was a different approach to this um yeah you know, I, I took a different strategy but it, none of that matters once you get to the boss because if you don't have adequate defenses against the boss's multiple attacks you simply yeah, lose yeah. Right? so yeah. i mean i get there with kind of a, a you know skeleton crew and then there's that one phase of the boss fight where they like suddenly beam on yeah yeah, 10 yeah. guys and you're just dead right like i you have to basically no matter what, you have to arrive at the boss with this well-balanced ship. Yeah. And that's it. So I, that's, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably keep playing it until I finally beat it, and then I think I'll, <laughs> I'll move on. I'm not going to, like, get every achievement or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I certainly didn't get every achievement. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure I beat it on... Uh, mind you, this was the original version, so I'm pretty sure I beat it on both uh, both difficulties. Well, they've uh, since added a hard, or at least yeah. there's a hard now, if there wasn't for you before. No, there wasn't hard originally. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't think I'm going to go back to it anytime in the near future. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I like the game. Uh, it's just it's not without some things I, I do dislike very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, w- so you were saying that you've got a couple of Zeldas up on your list. Wh- which ones haven't you played yet? Um... Spirit Tracks and da, 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 believe it or not, uh, 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 I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Twilight Princess. Yes, yes. Uh, I act. I own that on the GameCube, uh, and I I've only played it for about an hour. Hmm. Not impressed. I, I played through the very first dungeon, and that was it. I 
Yeah, same for me. I mean, I think it was when it came out, everyone was so excited about it, and I played it a bit, but I didn't. You know, I just kind of play tested it, so to speak. So, mm. yeah. Um, lately, this is another conversation we've had, but um, I just find it a lot easier to play mobile games because when I get some time, it's like, oh yes, awesome, and I'm on the bus or I'm on like yeah. a, a trip somewhere. I'm in a hotel, so I mean, you just pull out the Game Boy and go. Right? It was actually really weird actually kind of pulling out the Game Boy Pocket to finish uh, Gargoyle's yeah. Quest because <laughs> I've been playing it on Super uh, excuse me, Super Game Boy so that was like legitimately the first time I've actually used my original Game Boy in jeez uh, a decade or something yeah so um, but I beat it I finished it That's, it's fun I've got uh, I've got two original Game Boys here and uh, my kid found them yesterday and was like super excited to try and play them and I was like oh these actually don't have any batteries in them right now so <laughs> awesome <laughs> nice yeah uh, uh, but yeah so uh, I guess that was I have no idea what I'm trying to say here uh, uh, we were talking about Zelda. I think we we're gonna talk about uh, console purchases today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, I guess the Zelda thing is one one thing that I, I was trying to go back to is uh, so when I got Twilight Princess, um, I didn't have a Wii or a Wii mm. whatever the, it was coming out on. So I have it on GameCube, um, right. and when I saw how amazingly well this Zelda game is doing right now. I was like, hmm, you know what? I think now's the best time to buy a Wii U. I should buy a Wii U, and then I can get the new Zelda game. And mm. then I'll also have access to the whole backlog of Wii games that I've never had access to. Ah, because you don't have a Wii. Okay. No, I don't have a Wii or a Wii U. So... Unlike the rest of the world that ran out and bought the Wii, and then the Wii U is not that good an investment. For yeah. you, it's the one to buy. Yeah, it's like if if I were to get that right now, what is it? I've got a list here of, so I made a list the, the other day of like if I were to buy a Wii U, what games could I play for it? And so suddenly I've got access to Donkey Kong Country Returns, Kirby Epic Yarn, New Super Mario Bros, The Last Story, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, Skyward Sword, Sonic Colors, Mario Galaxy, Breath of the Wild. Uh, Super Mario 3D World, Super Smash Bros, Wind Waker HD, Mario Kart 8, and Pikmin 3. Mario Maker, if that's your thing. Uh, I th I think I'd rather just actually make a game, personally. <laughs> Mario Maker, for me, actually, um, uh, was more about playing other people's cool levels than, yeah. than me like being like, wow, I'm making stuff. Uh, that was my experience. It was just fun to like... Um, one thing you can do is like make a game so it'll spin off a game um, it'll like just build 10 levels for you and you have to sit down and play them and it yeah. knows how hard each level is based on like statistics like if it if most people take 20 tries to beat this level it'll be considered hard so you right. actually get this difficulty progression um, okay anyway uh, uh, if you could pick it up for cheap you'd probably enjoy it but uh nice nice list um that's kind of interesting it's like uh, a big list of stuff that if i were to get this console right now then that would increase my backlog by that many games <laughs> <laughs> well uh, that's so i mean obviously if you bought a switch you'd be buying it essentially for zelda right yeah um or one two switch uh yeah um or so it's kind of an interesting way to look at it i guess i don't know uh are we use like reasonably cheap these days well that's the thing is like i could go on to the uh, the nintendo 
website uh, and I could get a refurbished one for I think 240 Canadian Uh, but like right now is probably the time that it's going to be the cheapest. Hmm. Like they've stopped manufacturing them, so they're only going to become harder to find. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like if I am ever going to buy one now might be the best time to do it. So it's, it's kind of frustrating because it's like, you know, I'm an adult, uh, I earn money and I can buy these things. But when you look at how massive my backlog is already and you look at how little time I have to do anything, it's like it's it's kind of frustrating to consider buying this thing that I'm not going to have time to use. <laughs> that's my life, man. Uh, that's I, I can actually address the whole uh, question very succinctly. I mean, generally, I'm nerdy enough that I just kind of want all these consoles. So it's not yeah. a big process for me. I just want to have everything. <laughs> but um I guess if I was to reframe the question, like what would make me buy a console before it's like 10 years old and really cheap or something, um, it would have to be uh, like some game I really feel like I'm missing out on or, or a few games. Um, yeah. And it, it, these games would have to be good enough or important enough that they're going to obviously skip up and and, and uh, jump over some other games that uh, are on my to-do to, to playlist. Um mm. Which is not that common, right? I'll see some cool games and think, okay, yeah, this is this is interesting. Maybe I'll I'll play this someday, and then forget about it. It's kind of what I tend to do. Whereas, like, yeah. uh, you know, Zelda, it's I don't really tend to care about what other people are doing, but it is kind of fun when all your friends are excited about it, and you can, like, yeah. ten years from now, be like, remember when Zelda came out? And we're like crazy, <laughs> but that was really fun, actually. You know what I mean? Just little things like that. So yeah, yeah. for me, that kind of uh, thing, mm, I guess makes me want to maybe buy consoles so that's what it would be with the switch right like i actually have colleagues that have one i I don't know how they pulled that off but um uh especially my like previous engagement um i had a couple colleagues who would always be talking about them every day and we'd be we'd have these long conversations about a game i haven't played and it's like you know it'd be cool to have yeah (laughs) yeah it's 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 I don't know. It was easier in the past because, like, I worked in film and just nobody talked about video games at all. <laughs> uh, but now that I'm in the games industry, like, everyone talks about games, and like, the people that are working in AAA games are are typically not the people that are playing indie games. Mm-hmm. They're excited about AAA games, so right. it's like I'm sitting there and I'm playing, like, you know, Valkyria Chronicles or. Well, Ultima or whatever from like a long time ago and everyone else is like trying yeah. the latest near game or the latest <laughs> Zelda or well I'm sure there's there's other uh you know, so I, amongst your ranks I mean yeah. I always had this you would have a better idea but I always had this thought that like it seems like probably everyone wants to make their own game and you like all these people want to secretly quit this big company yeah. one day and, and do their own thing so yeah maybe i'm wrong i don't know no uh i'm just saying it's it's like i'm at a point now where i'm growing increasingly aware of the triple a games that are coming out and and interested in buying them Mm. and trying them Uh, that's probably a benefit to your development as like a game yeah content creator or whatever to kind of have that um perspective as well i would think yeah totally so like i i ended up like bumping a bunch of games off of my 
to-do list that I had made in, in January and like replacing it with others. So hmm. um, like there's going to be the new uh, Middle Earth uh, Shadow of War game coming out this summer. And I was like, man, that looks awesome. Okay, I better play the first one. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so and, and I ended up buying Witcher 3 as well because that's been like across the board getting such good reviews that I'm like, okay, I need to... I need to try this one. So have you actually played it? That's been no. I bought it. It it was on sale for like half off a little, like a month ago or so. So I bought it, but uh, I I want to finish the two games that I'm playing first before I start a third one. Hmm. I kind of cut you off. What are those two games? Uh, uh, so I, so I think I'm like halfway through Persona Four right now. Right. Uh, I'm and I think I'm about halfway through Suikoden Two as well. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Have you? Are you replaying that? Or is that no, one? no. Huh. Cool. I thought you were big on that series, or was it just the first game that you had? I played the first one for the first time last year. Okay. <laughs> uh, and and I th- I think that maybe the last podcast that I mentioned, so we get into, you also had the same misconception. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember you talking about it. Yeah. Uh no it was it was supposedly like one of the best RPGs of all time according to uh Jason Schreier over at Kotaku so he's he's praised it enough times that it convinced me when it went on sale to on the PSN to buy it because uh, it used to be such a rare game it's like if you wanted to buy it it was like two hundred dollars on eBay uh and so they finally released it on the PSN for like nine dollars and I was like okay time to <laughs> time to consider this as an option right would you uh uh, echo his sentiments um it's hard to say you know the the time that it did come out it probably was amazing but there's there's definitely some traits of the mid 90s rpg or late 90s rpg that um don't hold up as well as they used to Um, got it I think I mentioned like the fairly early on in the game, I get to like wander around pretty much wherever I want in the world map and you just can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So then you eventually have to wander back to the first town and you're like, Oh, what am I even supposed to be doing anymore? Or like mm-hmm. you, you scroll to past from some of the story and then you, you just, there's nothing telling you what you're supposed to do next. If you miss that one sentence. Right. Uh, so it, it had some interesting ideas though like like it's it's like a final fantasy game or whatever where you've got your your party and you have random combat but then it's also got these moments where it's like fire emblem and you like have an army and you're having a tactical combat so the gameplay is actually different for those two yeah okay um and so what sucks about that is that you know, I've played a lot of games like Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics or whatever, and they d- just do that fight way better than Suikoden does. Right. But it's still a very interesting concept that you get to do that in Suikoden. Hmm. So, I don't know. It's It's got some very cool elements to it. Um, I, I am enjoying the game. Cool, cool. You're playing it on PS... PSP. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. I I literally, um, when I got a PSP, I got the uh, um, Symphony of the Night. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for it and just just unlocked the. You uh, got Symphony of the Night, or you got uh, Dracula X. 
see, I don't even remember. <laughs> what was it, 10 years ago? Whatever it was. Um, and uh, I thought it was Symphony of the Night. Well, because well, you can buy Dracula X and then Symphony of the Night is an unlockable in the game. So, okay, yes. So, oh, okay, okay, hold on. So Dracula X is the remake of the PC Engine game. That right. Was ever released, right. Yeah, okay. I played it and unlocked, because you can unlock the original PC Engine one, not the, like, upgraded yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I unlocked that and then beat the original, not the remake, <laughs> and then just put the PSP away for, for like 10 years. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did kind of the same thing where I bought that version and then I unlocked the original version and I that was the version that I played. But then yeah. I found out you could also unlock Symphony of the Night in it and it's the Saturn version. Ah. So so then I unlocked that and played through it. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, finish Dracula X? Not the, not the new version, but the original version, yeah. Yeah. That had some tough levels later on. Yeah, I remember. I can't remember anymore because I've played so many of the Castlevanias. I I feel like Dracula himself was difficult, but maybe I'm actually confusing that with the very original Castlevania. Well, that was definitely difficult. Um, yeah, the very original one. Uh, I I think Death was quite difficult, if I remember correctly, in this one. Um, just like a uh like ghost ship at sea kind of level which is fucking awesome level but anyway um you would uh once you get to the end you're kind of on the like mast the and with all the like um different like platforms you can hop on and then death is just like he is in every game this guy floating around like flinging things just everywhere and it was a really tough battle i remember being stuck on that for a while Uh, i remember at the time i had a really crazy long like literally like hour and 40 minute commute on a train and it was like super ideal for game time actually so i yeah beat the hell out of that game and then a few others i liked how in uh, castlevania 2 i'm pretty sure i'm not making this up but uh, (laughs) i I remember in castlevania 2 being able to just walk right past death um like like he was in the room before dracula and you didn't have to actually fight him you could just walk across the room and into the room with dracula (laughs) 2 was full of those kind of quirks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm remembering that actually i believe that was too yes uh yeah so that's even bananas uh, uh two was so weird though there's like i i don't even remember bosses in two like there was i remember dracula himself but generally it would be just you just wander around and do stuff it was cool yeah, but it was there really were any weird bosses. that was like one of the first open world games, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, yeah, I guess so. You could go right or left. Yeah, that was pretty open for the time. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I don't know that that game had like some shittiness to it. Like it was, it's like one of those games that you'll just never beat if you don't follow a strategy guide. Yeah, because just figuring out that you have to duck at the side of a cliff for 10 seconds is just not going to occur to anyone. Well, you know, <laughs> I can see what they were trying to do because there is the hints sprinkled around everywhere. Um, those books. But the, but the hints were just like complete lies half the time. Like, Making like they, impossible like they would tell you to go to a, a forest that doesn't exist or something. <laughs> and it... <laughs> yes. As well. So I could see what they were trying to do. And, the problems with it were exactly those were two things. First, the fact that there was so much misinformation trying to kind of trick you, it it just became a frustrating experience. Yeah. I mean, at the very least they could sprinkle hints in with like, maybe just like 
like flavor items that aren't really hints but just give a history you know not not like yeah, a yeah. fake hint but then um also the hints just didn't suffice because it like everyone complains about what you're talking about the having to kneel at the at the side of the like at the end of the dead end or whatever yeah. the cliffside um so there is some hint saying go there and wait use the crystal or something but you know you'd go there and be like what the fuck do i do like i have yeah, how, what I need. how do i use this crystal? yeah no one knows you need to kneel and sit there like and it, like you'd have to kneel long enough that someone could easily try kneeling and be like huh this is not doing anything and then stop and then in their yeah. mind they've tried that already and will never try it again yeah and they're just stuck forever right it, interestingly uh, uh i went to a friend's house this week and we played super mario 3 Okay. And uh, I think it's like the third level in the first world where it, there's the white blocks that you can crouch on yep. and then get the flute. Mm-hmm. And he had no idea. Like he said, mm-hmm. he, he used to play the crap out of that game and he's beaten it so many times. And he didn't know that there was three flutes in the game. He thought there was only two. <laughs> uh, wow. And, and really? like that that's the same sort of thing, right? Like how are you going to figure out that by ducking on that thing for like five seconds, you're going to fall through it? Like there's no... There's no reason for you to ever do that. Yeah, at the very least, it's it's a <laughs> that's so weird because that's one of those um, puzzles it's one or whatever <laughs> that everyone knew about. Somehow. Yeah, I have no idea yeah. how. It's just so well known. But at the very least, though, it's not a blocker, right? It's almost like an Easter yeah. egg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm in no way against that. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I totally I understand that. It's like if if you're gonna throw mechanics in there that are abstract, make it lead to like some sort of special bonus or yeah. or Easter egg or something. But don't yeah. fucking block the path to completion. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe when I was playing Castlevania Two, I like used a guide or something because I I remember these things, but I just don't really remember. Being stuck I definitely in ended up using a guide, but yeah. I I still remember loving it before beating it. Like there was something about the flavor of like the yeah. music and and it changing day to night and yeah. the, the being I'm able ex- to. I'm the same, very much. Yes, like that open world aspect and stuff, it, it, and leveling up. Like everything about that game seemed super cool to me, except the misinformation. <laughs> well. I love what they were trying to do, and now yeah. it's easy to say, you know, I see what they tried to do, but they didn't really do it. Let's play these other games. But like in in like 1993 or something, where there's, you know, that's the game that did that. Wow, you know, that like there wasn't so much spread of information, um, and there wasn't so much variety in games. That was the game that did that for in in my yeah. world anyway, right? So it was always a very very cool game to me. Plus, yeah. I don't know about you, but at the time when I get stuck in that kind of game, I was I like blame myself, right? Like, here's this awesome <laughs> game and I can't beat it. What's going on? Nowadays, yeah. it's easy to be like, this game is broken. This game sucks. It doesn't guide the player, which everyone, you know, takes that dialogue. But when you're yeah. like, a 10-year-old, it's just like, oh, I can't beat this really hard, but really awesome game. Yeah. Ends up like 20 years later, it was their fault. They made the game wrong. Right? Yeah. I think yeah. I always blamed uh, the developers for Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Uh, well, I mean, that was <laughs> you. You you were signing up for for an experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I I think I didn't enjoy Ninja Gaiden until much later. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if it was because I wasn't good enough to beat it, or I just I think like it was probably kind of like my friend group didn't want that hard a game, and yeah. it, it just didn't fall on my plate in a way that made me enjoy it. I guess. 
Whereas later, yeah. that's exactly the kind of game I love. So, yeah, that the Ninja Gaiden and Castlevania and stuff. That was like my college days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Castlevania those. was my youth. Ninja Gaiden was like definitely my college days and and beyond even. Uh, I don't know if I played the original Castlevania until I was in college. Uh, I'd played two and three and uh, Symphony of the Night. That's interesting. Um, Symphony of the Night was a junior high game for me, which I think yeah. came out in like 96 or 97, so the timing is right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I definitely played that one. And 3 was also a junior... Mm, I don't remember. It was definitely... Like, we were playing it actively in high school, for sure, so I definitely had played it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Castlevania 1 and 2 were like my youth. 3 was later, because I didn't have it when I was young. And the Super Nintendo one, I remember, actually... Did, uh, did you play that you, when it came out? Yes, but yeah. I didn't beat that until college. I didn't beat that until like, yeah, quite recently, actually, a few years ago. Um, but uh, what about the Genesis one? I never played it. Yeah, I've played it now, but I didn't like grow up with it. It's fine. It's cool. It was. I was in like a situation where like we would get to rent a game each weekend, hmm. uh, and I was always interested in renting that one. And my brother just always somehow managed to get his way and would rent like NHL 95 or some <laughs> bullshit. Oh, <And laughs> shot to the heart, man. <laughs> I, I hated those sports games. I just, I've never enjoyed them. Oh my God, man. And like, I like, think Hit the Ice maybe I liked. <laughs> Hit the Ice. I remember, so like Madden is like the top selling title like every year. And it's just like, come on, man. Uh, I think I think I liked Hit the Ice and Base Wars. Base Wars, yeah, Base Wars was awesome. Okay, there's okay, okay. I hate baseball. Like I, I think it's the most <laughs> obnoxious way to spend your time in the entire world. And I can go on and on and on about this, but um, I I always like simulations. Yeah. So like there was a game called Baseball Stars on the original Nintendo. I don't know if you've played it. No. Yeah, it had a very strong like managerial aspect to it, where yeah. like you had to like. Like there's a lot of simulation and players would do different things and grow in different ways and you had to kind of push them in different ways. And then like, you know, your team would have like, I don't know, I can't even remember baseball stuff, but like a, a weak, like bad defense. So you have to like trade appropriately. And uh, for an original Nintendo game, it was surprisingly deep of a, of a simulation. And I really enjoyed that. So I always like these games that kind of put a spin on stuff or when they're highly simulated, I guess, or like the, yeah. the simulation aspect's really strong. So, Base Wars was cool because it was the spin, and then Baseball Stars had the simulation. And uh, uh, did you ever play Mutant League Football? I don't think so. Oh, they had Mutant League Football and Mutant League Hockey. They were awesome, actually, actually. Like, I'm not a football person, but it was cool yeah. because, like, your whole team was mutants, and there was different species, and they'd have different strengths and stuff. Kind of like the different robots in Base Wars, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And also kind of like in Base Wars, people would die, like your mutant would... would you could do little weird tricks. You could like sneak a bomb onto the football and throw it, and then it would blow up when the if the other guy you'd like let the other team intercept it or whatever, and then their guy would literally just die, so they'd have to replace the player. <laughs> and so, it was a, in that way, the simulation managerial thing was really interesting because you're like literally like it's almost like being at war or something. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I, don't I don't get why stuff like that isn't being made right now. I know that's I, I've taken this uh, uh, approach for a long time where there's just a lot of older games that it started it, it felt like the these games 
could have served as the catalyst to like this whole new interesting genre or this whole new interesting approach to you know it's an interesting spin on some type of, of game yeah or something and then it just never went anywhere and i can see a lot of that actually like even from the super nintendo or playstation days where they just haven't gone and made that kind of game anymore yeah um and it's it made sense for a long time like it, it right before the whole uh kind of indie thing really exploded where like people were always saying oh you know these big publishers they want to play it safe and blah 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 blah. and it felt great when the indie people came out and said we're doing all these new games but no one's ever reopened some of those older uh you know uh i don't know what you'd call them semi genres or whatever yeah, yeah. spins oh my look at the yeah. time look at we've the been time talking we've been talking for almost 50 minutes yep you uh i'll i'll um throw the question back at you you never yep. answered your own question you posed um what, what, what would make me buy, buy a console, console? yeah yeah i don't well know spend I, about 10 seconds on the topic we thought about for <laughs> well i mean I, I i kind of talked about it like for yeah. for me i need to have the the games that the the library that makes it worthwhile i'm a i'm a slow adopter on anything like when i buy a game i i find it very hard to 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 be hyped up ever since I played Final Fantasy VIII, <laughs> uh, I'm I I was used to I played that I let myself get so hyped for that and then I was so disappointed with it uh, and then there's there's just been so much stuff with uh, with patches after day one uh, of yeah. release now that it's like it's hard for me to get hyped anymore. Right. So. <laughs> So I I tend to get hyped after a game's been out and people are talking about it in a positive light, right? So uh, I d- I just don't tend to be a, a, a f- an early adopter on anything. Um, so something like the Switch right now, like the Zelda game, has been getting such positive reviews that that's made me pay attention to the Switch, where it was completely in my peripheral vision i guess like i guess it wasn't off my radar entirely but i just wasn't focused on it at all right Um, and so zelda made me pay attention but then when i realized that i could be playing that on the wii u and it is getting just as good reviews for that i was like oh well you know cooled off a bit wii u has a library built up and it's somewhat affordable like maybe this would make sense um so i don't know i i i think i tend to think like that where like i i never i don't know <laughs> sure no that's that's it's an answer it's, it's like it's it's at a point now i don't know in in the past i was always really concerned about money like i we didn't have a tremendous amount growing up so like anytime i got a console it was like uh, I think the Nintendo was a gift. Um, my sup- my brother won a Super Nintendo, and then eventually he sold it, and I knew that I loved it, so I saved up and I bought one. Um, but, like, when I got the PlayStation, that was secondhand. When I bought my GameCube, that was on, like, some crazy deal where, like, if you brought in five games, then you got it for free or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, I think... I think GameStop was or EB Games was ru- running a deal where like you could exchange games for it and it was like dirt cheap and so I yeah. went to like Rogers which was a game rental place in Ontario and I like bought 
all their shitty games <laughs> secondhand, and then I brought those in. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I think I ended up getting my GameCube for like $80 or something. Right. Uh, because I had to buy those used games first. Got it. Uh, so I don't know. I've I've always tried to do stuff on, on the cheap, and I've never been an early adopter. So uh, sometimes by the time I'm interested in getting something, the next generations come out or something, and it, right. it's no longer appealing to get it. I I feel like with Nintendo in particular, it's hard for me to care about a console when it comes out because I know they're inevitably going to do a better version of it in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, ever since the Game Boy came out, they've been doing Game Boy Pockets or Game Boy Colors or uh, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP, Nintendo DS, Nintendo DS XL or whatever. And yeah. the Wii and the Wii U. And uh, so... The DS XXL is that a thing, or the second version, or whatever? The hell yeah, they, they, yeah, they've got something like that now, and the the 3DS XL or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, so for me, the the Switch still isn't appealing because I know that in another year they're gonna have a Switch XL or something. And, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but now it's super appealing for the Wii U because I know that generation's over. I know it's only going to get more expensive. I know it has a good library. Got it. So. It's funny that uh, we exactly share that experience of uh, Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> it was such a shitty game. <laughs> I literally, I played Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and I was so excited for VIII, so excited yeah. for VIII, and VIII came out, and it took me like... 10 or 15 years to finally beat it and that's it i never got any farther into the final <laughs> fantasies uh, eight was the eight like i remember buying every fucking game magazine that came out that had a feature on eight and i remember playing the demo that came with brave fenster misashi yep, yep. and i i think that's the first game that i ever did fan art for without <laughs> having played it and i played it and i was just like what <laughs> Oh, I hate that game. I mean, I <laughs> hate with a passion. It's just, it's one of those games that, like, almost soured me on, like, gaming RPGs. or something. Like, yeah, well, like, as you say, like, getting excited about new games and caring and assuming yeah. that a sequel is good because the previous one was good and all those things. Like, that game it's, was it, such a heartbreak. It, that was, it, like, the, that was the, the, phantom menace of games for me yeah it, like legitimately that changed my perspective on hype uh you know i i i don't even like hyping our podcast to people on reddit or whatever right because it's like <laughs> i i don't i want things to spread by word of mouth because it's good not because a marketing department has convinced you that it's good before you've tried it yeah uh so it's it that was basically the turning point for me where I stopped buying game magazines uh and I stopped watching movie trailers like when when I go to see a movie I try to avoid seeing any trailers for it too uh so we're actually we've got a babysitter and we're going to go see Your Name tonight uh What are you seeing sorry? Your Name Oh, okay yeah really awesome Uh so I mean I've I I've heard that that's a great film and i literally know nothing about it other than it's got a good reputation and it's hand-drawn animation <laughs> uh yeah. so 
I'm I'm hoping I will enjoy it because of all the positive uh, word of mouth that's happened since it was released. Mm. Uh, but I don't even want to watch a trailer anymore and and try to predict what's uh, what I'm going to enjoy or not going to enjoy based off of the the stuff that they put in trailers. Yeah. Well, do let me know if you enjoy it. We almost saw it uh, in November when we were in uh, Japan. Right. Very yeah, cool. I think it. I think it's just opened up in North America on Friday. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so. All right. All right then. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we should uh, end it uh, about thirty seconds ago when we had that silent pause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's stay in touch. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, until next time. <laughs> Cheers. Later.